We're on Psalm 139. And I'll read just a few verses out of Psalm 109, 139, starting at uh, verse 13. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being imperfect. And in thy book, all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. I, uh, this is about the production of a human being. It starts with the thought, in my mother's womb. But I want to focus tonight on this one clause here. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, in the mother's womb, there's a egg waiting. And when the male salmon with its Supertotum surround that egg. One is the victorious one. One enters, penetrates that egg. All the others cannot get in because when that one enters, God somehow, like a bolt of lightning, surrounds that egg with a, a shell, so to speak, which is impenetrable. None of the others can enter, just one. Instantly, the egg reacts, no other can enter. That's when life begins. In the course of time, a baby is formed. Development is awesome. That's what is fearfully and wonderfully made. Am I with you? Because uh, this picture in front of me keeps changing. <laughs> I'll go on. I cannot understand this thing. How do dividing cells know how to develop? Develop a hand. How does a cell know I'm going to be this part of the finger or this part of the finger? Another would say I'm one of the bones and I'm going to be a bone. And 
it comes to the end of the bone that makes a knuckle. I can't understand that. I really can't. And someplace along the line, another says, well, I'm supposed to be a fingernail. How does a fingernail start without any other really connection and know when to stop? The edges of it. And much less all the internal organs. One becomes a pancreas, another a stomach, another part of the intestines, another the liver, and on and on. And how do they know the dimensions, the limitations on the production of this? The same with an eyeball. How is it formed? I don't know. Continuing your stuff. So these, these cells made up a hand, but then these over here make a, a matching hand, but they're just the opposite. They, I don't know if medical books go into this. I wouldn't read them anyway. But God creates and fashions in a wonderful way a real brand new human being. Then in the course of time, in about nine months, he brings forth his creation for all to see and enjoy. Delightful time in the life of the mother and father. But now, let, just let me read what I've got here. What we've gone over so far. There's an egg which is penetrated and God seals that egg so that none other can enter. And in the course of a few months, God has developed a baby. And then in the course of time, he brings forth to show his handiwork. This is a creation of God. Mother, <laughs> I say she has nothing to do with it, but that isn't really right. But she can influence how healthy the child is, or she does what she can. But she's just a host. If I just look at that again, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, for a minute, let's turn over our thoughts to the New Testament. Here's a person going through life, and he hears the gospel. And he believes on the Lord Jesus. He receives him as a savior. The word of God has penetrated his mind. But immediately upon receiving the Lord, he is indwelt 
by the Holy Spirit. And that person is sealed so that no other spirit can enter that body. Um, then God proceeds to develop the spiritual life for that person. He's a new creature. He has a new nature living within. The new creature and the old creature do not get along. And God uses that to make that person grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord. I want to just go over this briefly. We have a lot of verses. In Ephesians, we read that, I'll get it. I didn't write all these out, which I might have, should have done. In Ephesians 1, 13, in whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. When the Spirit of God enters, he seals so that he is the only and Holy Spirit in that body. Now we've got our own spirits and that has to be dedicated to the Lord. God has got a purpose in Romans 8. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among brethren, more among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, so forth. But God has a purpose to be conformed to the image of his son. He has a goal. He has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. He wants us to be like his son. He wants us to dwell with him in their place. Now, we find this is with the new nature and the old nature dwelling in the same body presents a problem and there is warfare and God uses this warfare to be a blessing to us. You've forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, 
and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? But if ye be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then are ye children of ill repute and not sons. The exhortation is found from Peter, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and evermore. After God deals with mankind, an individual, for days and days and months and years, it is the Lord's purpose to present us before the Father, glorified. That's in Matthew. So I got these two little illustrations. The production of a baby from the Old Testament, fearfully and wonderfully made. We look at their little hands and feet, and listen to them. How did God do that? He is a wonderful God. Then we see in the New Testament, God saves a person, keeps him for himself, and works patiently with us all the days of our lives so that we might grow to be like his son. Now there's a day coming when we are going to be changed completely. We look for that day. God planned, predestined to be fashioned like his son. God orchestrates the whole deal. God follows a pattern in all his doings. Remember? Penetration, life begins, and sealed so that no other can influence. In the New Testament, there's a, the Word of God penetrates the mind. We're born again. We receive the Holy Spirit, and we are sealed by the Spirit as belonging to God eternally. The parallel between the two illustrations and love is evident in it all. What if I've got that? Yeah. For I am persuaded that they did death, the life, the angels, the principalities, the powers, no things present, no things to come, no height, no death, no any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. How are you doing? Are you growing in the likeness of Christ? God looks for that. And I've read recently, someone said, it's a lot easier if you learn early to submit to him and obey him 
not resisted because God is very persistent and consistent. Father in heaven, thank you for the word of God. And thank you for the spirit of God dwelling in us to teach us and to lead us in the truth. Thank you, Father, for your creation. How marvelous, awe-inspiring, awe-inspiring. Thank you, Father, for being a wonderful God to love us and going to eventually bring us into glory. We give these thanks in Christ Jesus' name. Amen.